Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, how are you? You can wake up now because the international break is over and the Premier League is back. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Happy Friday, this is Football Social Daily, a daily dose of news straight out of the Premier League. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking, well, the Premier League is back after two weeks away, and we're going to be asking who is going to be top and who is going to be bottom of the league come the end of games week five. We're going to be looking at VAR because the guys running video technology have admitted that VAR is still getting stuff wrong. Four things, apparently, in the first four weeks of the Premier League, so... Where do we go with VAR from here? And hold fire before you hit that triple captain button on your fantasy football because we're going to be getting some weekly fantasy football tips from the guys at Fantasy Football Scout. That's coming up shortly on the podcast today. We've got Phil the Big Man Hudson. I'm just so taken aback by your energetic, your high octane <laughs> opening, mate, to be honest. It's but Friday, yeah, hi, mate. It's Friday. And Fergal the Professor Brennan. I'm hello, trying to ask nicknames. Are we enjoying this? <laughs> much more complimentary than mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the Professor. Thanks, Jim. Good. Right, I'm Jim Salverson, and let's kick off with the return to Premier League action, because that is what everyone is buzzing about after an international break that wasn't actually as boring as it normally is, but we are pleased to have the Premier League back. Too early to make predictions about what the season's going to hold after four or five games, but we can make predictions as to about what the league table will look like come the end of this weekend, because it's already getting interesting at the top and the bottom of the league. Let's start at the top, where it's pretty straightforward right now, because only Liverpool or City can be top of the league come the end of the weekend. There's two points between them, Liverpool on 12, City on 10, and both got what look on the face of it Reasonably straightforward games this week, and Liverpool playing your team, oh. Newcastle. Phil, <laughs> Manchester City are away at Norwich. So, are Liverpool still going to be top come the end of the week? And for you, Phil, that means they'd have to beat Newcastle. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to beat Newcastle. Okay. Realistically, <laughs> um, I mean, even if they draw, they could still be top. To be fair, so I'd say mm. it's very, very likely Liverpool will be top. Um, especially, it, although I could see Man City putting a cricket score on Norwich. Mm. Yeah. Because Norwich won't compromise their principles at all. 
And when they're playing teams like us, they could, they genuinely have the potential to blow us away, particularly early in the season before they've had a few absolute kick-ins. But Man City are just kitchen sink Norwich. I mean, that's it. The enthusiasm around Norwich from that first game of the season where they scored against Liverpool and then the 3-0, was it against? Uh, 3-1, actually. 3-1 yeah. against Newcastle. Everyone thought, well, these guys have got something here. When <laughs> they, you look at the league table now, they've still only got those, three, those points. three points. Yeah. Exactly. And it's that early enthusiasm, that kind of early buzz, seems to be fading a little bit, but they will go for goals. Everyone talked about you know their effervescence and how great they were but, uh, against Liverpool, but they could beat 4-1. Yeah. And mm. the game was done at half-time. Yeah. I mean, so it's... <laughs> I think it's great to have these principles, but you've got to temper them with a bit of realism in the Premier League at yeah. some point. And they'll, if they if they play like if they're open and expansive against Man City, they'll, they'll just get thrashed. That's it. If there's any, if there ever was a team that could take a team apart like Norwich, that if there are opportunities at the back that are going to be taken, it's going to be Man City it, that takes those opportunities. It's great doing it against us when we were under a new manager and everything. And by all accounts, they absolutely blew us away, and we were awful, and they were excellent. Mm. Pookie, you know, playing with confidence, all that. At some point in October, November, reality's going to bite a bit for them. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if Falker does compromise his principles for Norwich then. I think what he's going to have to do, when you look at the way they've set up, and, and the, you know, they've pretty much just tried to take the same team and the same principles from getting promoted from the Championship last season, because he started the way that he is, he can't really stagger in those changes. So I do agree with Phil. I think we're going to see late October, early November time, when things are things are really getting hard for them, that he's going to make big changes. He's going to make changes in personnel, changes in system. And that's, generally speaking, very difficult for a side to do because yeah. the players are not used to it. They're going to be being asked to do different jobs, different roles within, within a game. And I think it's going to be really, really tough for them. And, you know, as, as we've said in the... In the start of the show, they've impressed. They've looked good. They, you know, they've been on the front four. Everyone's talking about Timo Puki, but results, points on the board. No offense, Newcastle aside, it, it's been quite poor. They've had tough games. They've obviously played Liverpool. They played Chelsea, um, but that's going to be the situation this weekend. They didn't learn from the Liverpool game. They played exactly the same as that against Chelsea, and you know they gave Chelsea a bit of a game, but ultimately, points on the board. End of ninety minutes, they lost, and I think it'll be exactly the same against City. Do they have the personnel that they could shut up shop? Have they got the players where they could go, well, we're going to play five at the back, we're going to pack the midfield, we'll try and play Pookie up front as well and see if he can nick a goal? Possibly not, but is that not the failing of their management and recruitment? Yeah. Because it's all well and good having these principles. you to play a certain way, don't you? you? Yeah, you... Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, did anyone... I don't know if anyone read... Benitez wrote an article in The Athletic this week about how to beat Man City. <laughs> really? And what yeah. he said was, you've basically got to get really lucky, they've got to have a bad day, yeah. but this is how you do it. You do it by playing deep, because if you high up the pitch in transition, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. He said, so the most dangerous time is when you first win the ball off them. Because then they'll press you high. Tactical you, foul. And yeah, <laughs> if they'll press you high. Tactical foul. But if they turn it over when you've just won it, and you, you're in a period of transition, in big says, trouble. that's when they'll kill you. Yeah. Right. He says, so you've got to be deep. He said, you've got to hang in the game for as long as you possibly can. And you've got to try and hit them on the counter. Yeah. And and it was it's, it's really interesting. I'd encourage anyone to read it. But Norwich aren't going to do that. Now, with their budgets and with their personnel, if they're trying to stay up, in my opinion, they've got to be realistic about what can be yeah. achieved. And the only way to do that was to look at how they could consolidate and play on the break. They've got yeah. players to play on the break. They've yeah, got yeah. pace throughout the side. They've mm-hmm. got creativity. So why not augment your defence, bring in a couple of good defenders yeah. and, and set yourself up for success? Because at the moment, for me, it, it, you're going to be 
it's just so idealistic to say we're yeah. going to blaze a trail in the Premier League. And do you know what? Good luck to them. If if they do it, I'll happily sit and say, do you know what? I was wrong. Well, it was probably kind of looking from Fulham the championship wanted to do last season, wasn't yeah, it? And look what happened there. Precisely. Well, also the players they've got as well. They're going to struggle. Tim Close, who was a big player for them at centre back last season, he's out now for the remainder of the campaign. He got a serious knee injury. Christoph Zimmerman started the season with an injury. He got injured just before the international break. He's going to miss this weekend. Grant Handley's also a doubt as well. So there's three of your first choice back four who are either out or out for the, for the long term. So I just think January's going to roll around. Fark's going to look to dip into the transfer market. But it could be too little too late by then. What about Newcastle-Liverpool then? I'll let you lead with this one, Phil, because has Steve Bruce begun to get his shit together at Newcastle? <laughs> it's too early to say. I mean, by all accounts, like, let's be frank, we were awful against Norwich. Yeah. Um, against Spurs sort of adopting that Benitez blueprint yeah. <laughs> of pack, sit deep and they, they looked a lot more comfortable with it and they, they ground out a result, which was yeah. a great result. Against Watford, on the play, having to play on the front foot at home against the Watford side, they were awful. We probably should have won the game. We weren't terrible. Um, I still don't think Bruce knows what he's trying to do yet. Yeah. St. Maximin's not fit yet, which will yeah. be big for him because he's rapid fast. I still don't think he's quite worked out how he wants to play and what personnel he wants. Yeah. He's, he's sort of trapped between. I'd like to be a little bit more like Farker, and I need to, but I probably need to be a bit more like Benitez. And he's sort of sitting mm. in a halfway house at the minute that doesn't really serve anyone. Um, will he sort it out? Who knows? Who knows? I can't. I mean, at Liverpool tomorrow, if they score early, it'll be a lot. Yeah. Because we'll have to. What we'll do under Bruce is we'll come out and play them if they score early and try and get something. Whereas under Benitez, right. if they score early, we go. Game plan doesn't change. We stay in the game to seventy-five minutes and we try and attack them. Then. Um, but if, if they score early more, they'll beat us three or four. I the think. small chink of light for Newcastle that has now vanished was that supposedly the rift between Salah and Mane that came out of last week's Liverpool game where Mane was furious with Salah yeah. for not passing the ball. That seems to have dispelled over the international break and it's going to be the front three. It's going to be Firmino, I, I Mane I didn't think for one second that was yeah. ever going to be a thing. No, I think no, it was no. more tabloid talk than anything else. Yeah. Let's flip to the bottom end of the table where it's slightly more competitive at the moment. From 12th down, you've got Burnley, Southampton, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Brighton, Wolves, Villa, Norwich, Watford, all separated by three points. Who's going to get a kick in this weekend? I mean, Watford's the really interesting one, isn't it, from that? Because they've yeah. got the brand new manager coming in, but at the same time... The they're playing new, Arsenal. Well, <laughs> no, the, no. The, br- the brand new old manager. Yeah. <laughs> and they're playing Arsenal. So that's a difficult start of what is a very difficult run for I was going to say, they've got, they've got three or four games that are pretty yeah. tricky, aren't they? And it's almost like they've given it to Flores now. And he's got a kind of a free hit for a few weeks to sort it out with no real expectation on him in terms of results. Um, I think they'll struggle against Arsenal. I think Arsenal are not terrible. I think you can get at them, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd agree. I mean... In any normal circumstances, I would say Arsenal will roll Watford over, uh, and particularly the way Watford have started. They've been really, really poor. Yes, they kind of scrapped a point against Newcastle before the international break, but Arsenal have been so ridiculously inconsistent in the first few weeks of the season that it's it's so hard to, to call this. And I think Garcia is going to look at the situation and go, right, let's get organised. Let's make sure Arsenal are not able to just play through us. You know, almost a similar kind of fit as we mentioned before with mm. Norwich don't allow for space for, for Pepe and Aubameyang to get in behind. And the issue with Arsenal so far has been breaking teams down. And that frustration, the ball just keeps getting turned over and turned over and turned over. What's worrying from an Arsenal point of view is back to old habits. And I think that'll play clean into Watford's hands. Garcia's message to the players will be fairly clear. We've started badly. Let's not run before we can walk. Let's even get a point. A point against Arsenal 
given the start they've had so far this season, will be huge for them. And he'll be he'll be looking to play on that patience. Whether the the board will be patient with him in the weeks and months to come remains to be seen. But he's quite clear on what he needs to do. He needs to get them on some sort of a footing to look to get out of this. And and I I would be going for a draw in this one. I just think it, this is prime Arsenal, peak Arsenal draw away at Watford absolutely peak I, Arsenal I think they've got enough I think Aubameyang like I said I think they've got enough I think, I think they'll turn Watford over it depends what, what Watford turns up doesn't it if it yeah. is the Watford from the first half of the season then Arsenal will do a job if it is the Watford that we saw last season then who knows all bets are off if I'm looking at the fixtures <laughs> and I'm looking at the teams in that kind of lower quadrant that might pick up points this weekend I think Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Chelsea could be very interesting yeah, because Wolves haven't quite got going this season, but Chelsea, it seems to be a real mixed bag at the moment for them. I think it's a similar situation. I, you know, I can't quite believe I'm comparing Frank Lampard and Steve Bruce, but hear me out on this one. <laughs> I think Lampard is in, in the situation where he doesn't quite know exactly what he wants, system-wise, personnel-wise. He's still experimenting. Obviously, the the uh, the situation with regards to young players, the, the hill that he is going to die on is going to be his message at the start of the season of young players. Mm. He's stuck to that so far. He's playing Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount and, and they're performing for him. But it doesn't seem to be quite clicking. They still seem very open and very vulnerable. Norwich gave them a good go before the international break and goals from Abraham got the points in the end. But they, they do seem vulnerable. And that was the, the case with Sheffield United in the last game before, before we broke for the internationals. 90th minute, own goal, that's the type of situation when we look at Chelsea's of the past five years, ten years, they don't concede those late goals. The concentration doesn't slip and, and that was the case. You could watch that game and you could see Sheffield United coming back into it and back into it and I think you, you're absolutely spot on. Someone like Wolves are absolute experts in these types of games. They've got a really good record against the top four or top six and I think they'll be ready for this. Yeah, the talk of all these extra games they've had to play but they've still been solid, they've still been consistent and Santos in a position where he knows, short of one or two injuries here and there, he knows the team he's going to play, he knows the way they're going to play, they're all used to each other, they all slot into their roles, whereas I think Chelsea still look a bit of a, mm. of a work in progress. There'll be a full Premier League preview on tomorrow's show, out first thing Saturday morning. We'll look at all the games from the Premier League's weekend fixtures and we'll be back shortly on Football Social Daily as well, talking about VAR and the mistakes that have been made and we're going to be getting some fantasy football tips. We'll do that next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. You need to hold off hitting that triple captain button on your fantasy football team for just a couple more minutes because we're going to get some fantasy football tips as we always do ahead of the weekend. This week they come from Ted Moore from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Hey, Ted. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, cheers, mate. So hit us with the big information. If we're going to pick one person to transfer in or transfer out this weekend, this games week, who are we looking at? It's a tough week to call, really, because you know, we've just come back from an international break. We've got uh, so many injuries going on. We've got Champions League coming up. I think just keeping your team in really good shape now is the most important thing. Uh, but if you're looking for someone you know, who's got a good run of fixtures, they're in good form, I think Ashley Barnes is a fantastic shout at the moment. Uh, you know, He's doing really well for the, the old underlying stats. Free, uh, third highest for goal attempts and goal attempts in the box, in fact, which is uh, some really good going. In terms of fixtures, his next five are pretty much perfect. You can't go too wrong there, I don't think. He's got Brighton this weekend, and what he's got, what he's got after that? Uh, after that, he's got Norwich at home, which is obviously could be quite a nice one. And then Villa, Everton and Leicester all on the horizon. So it's not bad at all. 
Is there any teams that you'd be looking to steer well clear of today or any positions for any teams you'd be looking to steer well clear of? Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I think we've got to stay away from Chelsea for a bit. I'm a, I'm a big fan, but next two games against Wolves and Liverpool, they're just not what you want, especially for attacking players. And our defence has looked really poor recently. Uh, so I think the likes of Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, as good as they are, I might hold off just a bit longer and just wait for sort of game week seven because those fixtures really change around there and you've got some beautiful games then. I have to say, I'm looking at my fantasy football team at the moment and I'm lagging behind other people. So I'm getting a bit of an itchy trigger finger about using my triple captain at some point and trying to kind of get back into the mix. Is this the week to do it or do I need to hold fire a little bit longer? I must admit that that uh, City-Norwich game looks absolutely beautiful for fantasy football. It looks a perfect one. But uh, for me, I've got to hold off a bit longer. I always play my chips during uh, double game weeks, and especially this season because Liverpool have got uh, the Club World Cup tournament, which means over December they'll get a double game week. And I think playing triple captain then, or maybe someone like Salah, that could be a, a real key time. So a bit of patience. Might have to hold out for a bit longer, but I think it'll be worth it. I think a lot of people at the moment are looking at their fantasy football teams and cursing the fact they haven't got Raheem Sterling in them <laughs> and trying to find a bit of value elsewhere, kind of bump the bank balance up so they at some point can go back in for Sterling. Is there anyone out there in the fantasy football market at the moment, like a little bargain basement buy that you could maybe transfer one of your bigger players out for, get him in without too much damage and bump up your balance? That's a tricky one. So we've got... a. Uh... A few different players emerging right now. Uh, I'll mention uh, Chelsea again, even though I did say not to buy them. If you're looking <laughs> towards game week seven, there's some real bargains in that team. Uh, you've got the likes of Hudson-Odoi coming back from injury now. Uh, Abraham and Mount, they're all really, you'll get a lot of value from them. They'll really mm. build. Uh, but if you're looking for someone that you need to jump on now, uh, I'm going to say it's not really a bargain. But uh, Nicolas Pepe from Arsenal, 9.5 million, obviously quite an expensive one. But if you're looking for someone that could go up in value, it may well be him. He's got the fixtures to do it. Really low owns, only about 3% ownership at the moment. Wow. Uh, he could really jump up. Ted, thank you very much for your advice. I'm disappointed to hear you're ruling out <laughs> Chelsea players because I've just bought in Tammy Abrahams, but appreciate the advice uh, anyway. It could still work. It could still work. Bobby's <laughs> out from Wolves this weekend, so they've got a good chance. There you go. Quid's in, but maybe I'll avoid the triple captain thing. Ted from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Thank you. Right, let's talk about VAR because from nowhere, VAR officials have now admitted that calls have been got wrong over the last four weeks of Premier League action. Refereeing head honcho Mike Riley has said there's been four mistakes in four weeks, which to me seems a bit of a low ball. But where do we go from here? Because this technology was supposed to take mistakes out of the game. And now we know the technology's here. It's disrupting the game. 50% of people don't like it, but we are still getting errors. I think the the voices that are against VAR, this is only going to make them louder and louder and louder. And I think the the issues that have been raised are, you know, are quite legitimate. But when you look at those four incidents, and for me the big one was the Yuri Tillemans tackle on mm. Callum Wilson, which was a really, really nasty one. Wilson was very, very lucky not to come away with a bad injury. It's so flawed in the sense of the referee doesn't really know what to do. VAR have basically just missed that incident and when you know when you look at the criteria that VAR has been implemented before which is looking at red card incidents that the referee has missed that is as clear and as plain mm. as day and it's it makes everyone's job all the more difficult I understand that there's still room for kind of interpretation from the referee and, and VAR and other people but if we're missing incidents like that if VAR are missing incidents like that where do we go from there? So the four decisions that have been highlighted 
as mistakes are Man City's penalty against Bournemouth, which wasn't given, obviously. Yep. West Ham's penalty against Norwich that wasn't given for a foul on Sebastian Haller. Newcastle should have had a goal ruled out for a handball fantastic against control. Watford, which, <laughs> which was an equalising goal. It was great control. Which meant Javi Gracia, if that hadn't happened, could still be in a gig at the moment. So the impact there is quite massive. And as you say, the Yuri Tielemans tackle as well. I think there's a couple of points. I think that one of the things that I've noticed about referees this season is they become a little bit passive. Mm. So their, their default position becomes... Well, I'll not make a decision here because VAR can sort this out yes, for me. Phil. <laughs> so, and you see the same in other sports like cricket and stuff. Where, so now cricket, when they brought in uh, video umpiring and stuff like that, previously the umpire had to give out runouts and stumpings and stuff like that. Now, default position, unless you're out by half a pitch, the default position they go upstairs. Yeah, because the, the, yeah. they don't want to make the mistake. Mm. And I think that's the almost the the way that VAR is changing that referee's mentality. Oh, that Tillman's that look bad. Oh, look, if it's really really bad. I'm sure VAR is going to tell me about yeah, it. Definitely. And what I still don't think, I, I mean, because of my background, stuff, I, I'd be inclined to say that it's there to sort out the howler. So give your manager an appeal yeah, in the same way yeah, that cricketers yeah. use DRS. And if it's a ridiculous appeal, he loses it. Yeah. If it's deemed justified, he keeps it for another time. Yeah. But then you just say, right, you can appeal that. If you think if you think the referee's had a shocker, we'll, have, we'll stop the game, we'll have another yeah. look at it. Maybe one per half max. I mean, that's it. The, the, the technology is there. And the rules state that it's there to assist yeah. the referee in making decisions, not make the decisions for him. I might be wrong here, but I don't think I've seen are referees even able to go and look at a screen. They haven't in the done this yet. No, not yet. It's not a function they're not able no. to do, or it's not an option for them. Because that feels like the logical thing, doesn't it? If a referee wants a second look at something, yeah. he can go over to the side of the screen, look at the video replay, like we saw in the World yeah. Cup, and make a decision off the back of that. Well, you just you've just nailed it there in terms of how illogical this is. We saw in the World Cup. It's in practice where the referee would get a word in their ear. They'd go, right, stop. I'm going to go and have a look at this. I think if fans were in a position where they could see that, where they could see the referee taking that time to have a look and make that decision, we'd be looking at this slightly differently. But now what's happening is confusion is reigning. We're seeing refs putting hands to ears and then it's a case of what's going on? Are they being told something? Are they not being told something? Are they going to make a decision? What's the next stage? And the thing is, VAR coming into Premier League football was always going to be very very contentious point and there's going to be big criticism of it and that doesn't show any signs of changing particularly when mistakes of this size are, are being made this is it I mean give your manager an appeal straight away alright we score against Watford as an example I don't think Gracia would have appealed it because none of the Watford players appealed it by the yeah. way but Gracia puts his card down and says right that, I'm appealing that decision I want to have another look at it every fan in the ground knows what's happened there so there's no confusion yeah. you can replay yeah. it on the big screen just like they do in other sports in rugby and cricket and all this we're going to have another look at this, right, done. If, if, he's, if he's deemed to be wrong, he loses his appeal. And then, then you know, as a fan, for the rest of the match, they haven't got another appeal. And that also rules out incidents like the Manchester City-Laporte handball and the yeah, disallowed yeah. goal there, because, as you say, it's not nobody would stop, see that It's not there to assessment. stop them. Yeah. It's not there to, to change yeah. that it's marginal decision. blatantly obvious. It's, it's, there to, it's there to stop an absolute shocker. Yeah. The yeah. discussion here we're having and the fact that Mike Riley, the thing that annoyed me most about this Mike Riley piece was he was going, we're learning. We're learning how it works. Yeah. You shouldn't be learning how At it works stage. once it's been implemented. This is the daft thing. I mean, the Premier League is a billion pound business. Yeah. It's billions of pounds, hundreds of millions of pounds at stake. Yeah. As you've just pointed out, Gracia might still be in a job if Watford had beaten Newcastle. Um, so that's cost him however much it's cost him. To, it cost Watford however mm. much it's cost yeah. Watford because they've had to pay up his contract, they've had to pay his support staff, they've had to bring in Flores. 
the sums of money at stake now are so vast that you and and by the way that's part of the justification of VAR is that the sums of money are so vast that we have to get everything right yeah. so if they can't get it right it shouldn't be there it's as I, simple as that and, and you know as, as we said that's that's the most blatant example that we've seen so far this VAR shortcoming has cost has cost the manager his job um, I have to say I, I'm mentally I think maybe I'm still on an international break apologies to any Watford fans that are listening I think I said uh, Gracia before instead of Kike Flores has obviously come back so my uh, my apologies on that, but well they might swap around again before the end of the week you never know <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the way the pot like to do it job share kind of thing <laughs> but, it's, but it has it has pretty much cost him his job mm. cost Watford money and and, and now and now it's just going to roll on and roll on and roll on. I don't think this will be the last time we discuss a v- no. VAR because it's not going anywhere. Certainly not the first time anyway. But that's it from Football Social Daily. We'll be back tomorrow morning. That's Saturday morning with a full Premier League preview. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get that episode as soon as it's ready. Phil Fergal, thank you very much. Yeah, no Thank you very much. We'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.